through the journey for you to remember as a student is you must always keep learning corporate debt is a reality companies die because they don't see the future our generation changes every 3 to 4 years business model of blockbuster was wrong compared to the business model of netflix anything to do with sustainability the material might be different but the impact is the same which is harming climate you cannot be sure whether this person will leave tomorrow or not because anybody may just poach them so a lot of this business process services uh, people etc they become event managers hr departments in those companies indians like breadth in their job they don't like depth in their job hi welcome to this unstoppable podcast and today to start this podcast series we have a special guest shiv shivakumar the man needs no introduction he's on the board of iim udaipur he was on the board of iim ahmedabad he has done the maximum speeches in all the b schools he is the man every b school student or an engineering student needs to go after to get any advice in their career thank you so much shiv for my in. my pleasure ankit my pleasure and shiv uh the first question i have uh and this is out of curiosity see you have been on so many boards you have been interacting with so many students you been ceo of nokia uh ceo of pepsico india uh then you were uh, uh heading corporate strategy for aditya billa group now all these companies are very different from each other right from the industry perspective from probably the people who would be working there i believe the first thing i think we should start off with is as a student getting different vantage points in your career journey how that evolves you as a person yeah i think that's a great question uh the thing i would say is when you are a student you will obviously major in something but you will you'll also minor in other things etc that major will see you through for some time like you could be an engineer and then maybe you added a new skill called you know something to do with the mba degree okay as you go along you start with one industry then you go into another industry etc so what's extremely important through the journey for you to remember as a student is you must always keep learning there is no substitute to learning remember that you want to stay relevant in tomorrow's world please learn every day number one second is be flexible be flexible because industries of the future we don't even know how they'll shape out for example how ai as an industry will shape out in the future everybody is taking many guesses at it we don't know so when i was a student the mobile industry was not big yeah. i didn't even know that a brand called nokia existed okay but then i went and uh, you know worked there for close to a decade so that's what you should be doing all the time keep learning and stay flexible that's very very important okay and the other thing which i would tell students is i think a focus on studies is very good but a focus on being an all rounder in today's world is much more important the ability to get along with people the ability to manage events the ability to impact outcomes you know start young even in your school and college and i'm sure you can do it nice nice uh now let me go to the employer side of things right i was listening to your speech yesterday and first of all it's a pleasure to be in goa doing this podcast uh in your speech yesterday you basically mentioned about corporate death right and that was very very intriguing for me you mentioned about companies that basically only in 2010 they stopped existing 
right? And in my view, I think it has to do some bits with the talent as well, right? That or the senior man management or they couldn't look for the future, right? How do you ensure that companies are able to find the right talent and then train them and groom them internally? Another great question. I think corporate death is a reality. The average age of the S&P 500 company or even the Fortune 500 list is between 17 and 20 years. So depending on which data point you look at, people will say the average age of a company is 14 years or 21 years. But let's take it's around 20. The average career span of a manager is today 30 to 40 years. So today managers outlive companies at an average level. Okay, number one. So question is, why do companies die? Companies die because they don't see the future. Okay, they don't prepare for the future. Companies die because they want, they're very comfortable doing what they did in the past and they stay with that. It is what my professor used to call habit inertia. You're ingrained in a habit and you continue that habit when it's no longer relevant. Okay, that's the reason uh, companies die. One of the reasons why companies don't see the future is there is no inclusion in the company. There's no debate. There is no serious challenge to the leader or the management team to say, hey, where's the direction? What's going to happen in the future? They don't do that. That's one. Second is you don't have capable people to look at the future. Many companies tend, and especially Indian companies, tend to value loyalty ahead of capability. So my advice to any organization is always value capability ahead of loyalty. A loyal person is rarely capable and a capable person is rarely loyal. Okay. And today's challenge of company death is much more to do with business models. The business model of Blockbuster was wrong compared to the business model of Netflix. Okay. So it's a fight for business models and it's a fight for partnerships and ecosystem fight. So if you're unwilling to partner with people, you're unwilling to change your business model, you're unlikely to stay in business for long. Correct. And also just connected question. See, when you speak about business models, now uh, as a fresh graduate, right? Generally what we do is that we study all the business model that exists today. Do you think in some of the curriculums, right? And this is for the, the academicians as such, we should also be looking at what are the business models that may evolve in next five years, just to give them those vantage points. Absolutely. And there are various ways of doing that, Ankit. A very simple way of doing that is, look at all the business models in the world today. There's a freemium model, there's yeah. a subscription model, etc. whatever model. And look at your full value chain from the time you procure something to the time you deliver it to the customer. What's the shortest distance? And who are the people in the middle who are making too much money? You know, there's a very simple uh, index, which is called the idiot index, which is, suppose your raw material costs 100 and your end price is 400, which means you have an idiot index of four. If you have an idiot index, which is high, then surely somebody will disaggregate the chain. So you better do it yourself rather than somebody else doing it for you. So look at the whole chain and say, who is going to disaggregate what and what can I do? Every middleman in the value chain who adds no value dies dramatically. The bookseller is dead. The travel agent is dead. The music seller is dead. Yeah. Why? Because they added no value. So in tomorrow's business model, each part of the chain must add value. And that's what you must think about when you look at it. So I think when we are talking about new startups, business models, the basic essence is that any element of a value chain that doesn't add value and can be dropped Will may be give a new business model. Absolutely. 
Awesome. For example, think about it. The everybody celebrates the <coughs> mobile ecosystem in India. Yeah. Okay. One of the things in the Indian market, nowhere else in the world, is the missed call business model. Now today you look at it, every OTT, anybody who launches a product says, give me a missed call, I'll get back to you. Correct. That's a fantastic business model. So you're going to the customer and the customer incurs no cost except maybe, maybe. 20 seconds. Yeah. Okay, so each aspect of, you know, telephony, there's money to be made. Yeah, no, I, I still remember when True Caller was launched, yeah. right? The basic problem it was solving is spam calls. Absolutely. And it created a very, very huge company and it's very, very easy tech. But I think in some of the industry, first mover's advantage will always be there in some industries. Maybe to a point, not beyond that. I think being first is important. But if you look at the history of first, most, about 70-80% of first-time companies or companies which launch some innovation, etc., the first, they tend to die out because they're not able to see beyond. Oh, it's the guys who come two, three, five who refine that model and then take off. Awesome. That's what happens. When you when you talked about talent, right? Uh, there is also, and I personally believe, let's say we talk about IITs, IIMs, or there there is limited talent in India or abroad, right? Now, many companies look at talent in their respective industries or in their respective competitors. I think. That needs to go off because if I if I basically even talk about let's say college A, we have only 300 students. There are 100 companies dying the same set of 300 students. You're not competing with a company in your industry or so. You're competing with the best employer. That may be a tech company or maybe a FMCG, whatever that may be. But you're competing for the same talent with all the companies that exist. Isn't that true and how should companies be embracing it? I think you're absolutely right. So when you look at talent, today's talent is fungible. Remember, go back to the first question I said. You keep learning and you keep being flexible. Industries of the future, a new industry is not born today with talent which is available. Okay. So when telecom was born in India, they went and sourced people from FMCG because they recognized that we need branding and distribution skills. That's what they recognized. Okay, so Let's take two technologies or two areas which are fungible across all industries. One is digitization. Anything to do with digital, every industry requires it. Okay. Second is ESG. Anything to do with sustainability. The material might be different, but the impact is the same, which is harming climate. So both these are across industries. Now, we don't have enough people in both areas to satisfy the huge demand which is there. So what do young students do or what do young managers do? They go and reskill themselves. Yeah. They go and pay money to say, hey, you know what? I want to learn something about ESG. I want to learn something about digital to consumer brands or digital to digital brands, etc. They are investing in themselves. So they are recognizing it faster than that. So companies must recognize that the talent pool is really wide. So if you are in the airline industry, you should be looking at people in the hotel business. You should be looking at people in the event business. You should be looking at people in the entertainment business. Yeah. That's what you need. Because every company needs a combination of two things, Ankit. One is energy, one is experience. Mm. Okay, the fusion of these two is what makes a good company move forward. So then, see, if, if they're looking at these two elements, right? And I'm sure, I mean, in my, in my view, our generation changes every three to four years. Trust me, I mean, 
the way people who come and join us as a startup fresh out and who have come in about 3 years back the sense of digitization is different the sense of platforms they are using is different that gets me to the second question when employers are looking out for these talented individuals right whether early talent or laterals or so the tricks to grab them and take their attention and maybe to recruit them the old tricks may not work today right they need to find new ways of engagement according to you what are those new ways of absolutely another great question i think most companies are stuck in the past with engagement okay same old useless business models useless events and activities okay for example you have a pizza on a tuesday you will have a band on a thursday utterly irrelevant things because people are saying yeah they just consume it and keep going we are assuming that engagement creates stickiness which is not true at all okay today our young talent has very little attention span yeah to give you a simple example shorts a short format video uh, has 2 billion followers globally today 2 billion okay long format messaging is actually dying for the first time youtube reported negative results last quarter so if that is the type of you know employee you're thinking of short attention span so what you should be doing in engagement is actually engaging with him or her in a technology way but more important in an open transparent way okay so one of the things i keep pushing everybody and saying that is <coughs> why can't all your management team meetings or department head meetings be live telecast to everybody what stops you it will create much more engagement much more trust we are not using technology on that aspect so a lot of this business process services uh, people etc they become event managers hr departments in those companies every week they have one event and they think they are doing damn well and trust me the consumer is saying hey you know what you know i'm happy to consume all this but that doesn't mean i'm committed to you or i'm loyal to you a very interesting take event managers right yeah hr managers have become event managers in most companies to manage their entire yeah moving moving from one event to the other now okay so let let's say if i talk about employees right now i think gratification levels or at the rate at which people want gratification in any form whether promotion salary even recognition or so is changing i mean now uh, everybody specifically young talent wants gratification every month every 6 months every year what do you say to these early 20 or in 20s uh, employers uh, not employers but employees should they really be eyeing gratification or what should employers be doing if that's the expectation so here's the thing uh, young people at one level want instant gratification at another level they want delayed gratification so let me explain instant gratification is i want instant salary hikes i want instant recognition okay yeah. i want to take that next holiday okay i want to be with the next cool gadget these are all instant things because that's their world mm-hmm. the delayed ones are i'm okay to look at a house maybe much later i'm okay to do other things later i don't i'm not in a desperate rush you know to do all that kind of things so they're actually doing both so at one level they're sacrificing the traditional model of gratification of house car etc etc for much more instant and technology stuff that's what they're doing and that that's fine and uh, if you look at any of the social media sites especially linkedin everybody is posting that i got the rock star of the month i got the rock star of the week etc 
I think what I would tell companies is that I think you need to ensure that you have lots of gratification, number one. But you need to ensure that the gratification is honest and fair. Mm. That people must feel that, you know, I deserved it. I got it. Rather than 1,000 people doing it. Look at, you know, an example I'd give you is look at the number of awards. Everybody is winning an award for something or the other. Half of them are paid awards, which are utter nonsense. So every time I'm on a jury, that's the first question I asked. I hope there are no paid awards. Otherwise, I'm not going to be part of the jury. I refuse to be part of anything which is like that. So if you pay and then you get an award and then you write, I'm very humble to get this award. Come on. Everybody there is looking at it and saying, come on. yeah, This is a joke. So don't make the gratification a joke okay, in a company. Make it something which people say, hey, it's good to belong there. For example, uh, in Nokia, we say have many awards every year. The final award used to be an award called the Nokia Baton Award. And the Nokia Baton Award would be voted by the organization for 10 people who live the Nokia principles and values. Would be voted by the organization. So whatever anybody did, whatever awards went before that, people would die for that award. And all that award did was it used to have a blue baton, nothing else. There's not a single rupee involved. So people wanted that pride to say, look, I stand for Nokia. So you have to think of many ways in which you can get this gratification done. Right. I mean, I also do get many requests of these awards or so, so I buy a point. At one point in time, from the gratification, I'm not sure, but I believe healthy gamification or competitiveness in any industry or company helps. Yes. So when you actually have multiple employees eyeing for the same slot, it improves them a lot. That's a good question again. I think ambition is good. As long as the ambition is in the context of the organization and where it is headed. Naked ambition is bad. If you wear your ambition on your sleeve, your peer group will pull you down straight away. Mm. So ambition is good because it propels people. So for example, if Shubman Gill scores runs, others will want to score runs too. Yeah. It propels them. Yeah. Okay, so take sport as an analogy. When one player plays well, others, he lifts the others. Hmm. And the same thing happens with the recognition. Sure. Now, uh, if, I, if we call about the HRs and the employers, now you, you talked about digitization, digital skills or so. Now, in your view, do you think HRs are also embracing the emerging technologies? It can be, I mean, for me, emerging technology can be AI, machine learning or so. But I'm, I'm saying let's not even go there, right? Just like, can we give them an app to be more aware about their benefits as an organization rather than a PDF document? Do you think companies are embracing it? If no, should they or should it be? I think companies are embracing it. But the issue is that employees in India finally want a face-to-face -face interaction. I finally want to meet Ankit, the HR person, look at him in the eye and say, what does it mean to me? Am I going to get promoted? Am I going to get a salary hike? That's what they need. So you can put any number of documents on the net, but they still want that face-to-face -face interaction. So while I'm all for digitization by HR and everything, the one thing I always tell HR managers is never lose that human touch. Okay, that's the basis of a huge set of engagement emotions. So don't ever lose it. But then, Shiv, Okay, so now let, let's let's connect it to the post-COVID world, right? Many companies earlier embraced that we'll only do work from home. Now everybody who even said work from home is getting people in work from office, right? And I, I think, personally, I think that's the 
best way forward maybe an hybrid approach but there needs to be physical meetings physical interactions for your learning to happen for the company to grow and maybe faster what are your views on the post covid and how it should be there's a lot of research which has been done on this topic what most people have recognized is that there are three things which are dropping as a result of work from home or work from anywhere number one creativity is dropping yeah. okay number two collaboration is dropping and number three respect for colleagues is dropping because i don't come to work i don't engage with anybody okay creativity creativity happens at the cross functional intersection you know of various departments you put a sales guy a marketing guy a finance guy an operations guy together you get creativity okay you never get creativity in you know silos you never do that i don't respect you as a colleague because i'm not engaging with you i'm sitting at home so work from home is very good if you are an individual contributor but anything which requires teamwork does not work in work from home just does not work and there is no study in the world which has validated that work from home is more productive so whenever these studies are published the employee who wants work from home says look i don't believe that okay there is no empirical evidence now the issue is not work from home uncle the issue <coughs> is flexibility over my schedule not where i work from so our colleagues and employees are telling us you know what i'm happy to work from home but don't ping me to say there's a meeting at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning okay i want flexibility over the schedule for the next 2 weeks that is what you know is happening out there but one thing work has work from home has done to employees it's made them much more employable with headhunters and the market because in the early days in the office you'd say no no i cannot talk to you now if, sure go on talk to me half an hour i'm willing yeah. to chat willing to listen so it's something like you know 65% of people are willing to change their jobs in the next few months if given an option so it's made talent much more accessible to everybody so there's a there's a flip side to it as well right as an employer you're not i mean you cannot be sure whether this person will leave tomorrow or not because anybody may just poach them right and that's yeah. happening specifically in this funded startups where they are looking at giving 2x or 3x for the right talent so what should the employers do in that case when they know that this person may not stick for long absolutely i was actually shocked when i looked looked at the msme data india has 64 million msmes employing about 124 million people the attrition rate this year is 45% that's a killer which means one in two people is leaving you you know walking out through the door <coughs> that's absolutely murderous okay so we go back to the question as to why do employees come to work why do colleagues come to work number one they come to work because they believe in the direction of the company i won't use words like purpose because they are thrashed around okay i would simply say they believe in the direction of the company where it is headed the second reason they come to work is they have stretch work so if you put an employee and give him stretch work he or she is happy if you give people siloed work then they are unhappy indians like breadth in their job they don't like depth in their job you have to recognize that third thing they come to work is i work with good intellectual people my game goes up when i work with them okay good colleagues okay and the fourth reason they come to work is i see progress i make a proposal something moves tomorrow i make a proposal in the morning evening i get an answer these are the reasons why people come to work so i would say give people stretch jobs give them an environment where they are learning and lifting their game that is what you can do 
If that employee stays for one month, good luck. If that employee stays for a decade, good luck. Okay, but don't expect people to stay with you because you're doing something. Because people today are volunteers, they're not employees anymore. Treat them as volunteers and thank them for every month, every quarter, every year they're with you. And then, uh, okay, so then uh, help me out as a fresher. See, when I got into uh, Deloitte Consulting, my, my first company after MBA, right? The first thing that came into my mind was that how do I make myself heard? How do I stand out of, maybe I think they, they hired that year about 100 uh, MTs. How do I make myself heard? How do I outshine from these 100, right? What's your advice to the guy who's just getting into the companies? Be patient. What is it that they should be doing in maybe the first year or first two years? So the thing is, you compete with yourself. Don't think of competing with the others. That's a wrong notion. Are you bringing your very best self to work every day? And the way is, for example, are you the best prepared when you go to a meeting? Most young people don't prepare. Most senior managers don't prepare. Forget young people. You're just not prepared. So if you just go to a meeting without preparation, you'll come back from the meeting saying, what happened in that meeting? Okay, if you go to a meeting, so let's say you're going to an operations meeting, you're going to a branding meeting, you're going to a communication meeting. Okay, be very well prepared on that. Okay, and when your turn comes, speak effectively, communicate succinctly to say, this is my point of view. If there's something else which is being said which is wrong and you have data to say that it's wrong, speak, speak up, pipe up to say, hey, you know, this is what I've observed. I don't know whether it's valid, but this is my point of view. Next, a very important thing, which is the lost art of written communication. Young people don't write, you know, notes anymore. Learn how to write notes. For example, you go to meet a customer. Make a one-page summary and send it to all the people concerned. I still write customer notes everywhere I go. This is a habit which was ingrained when I was in Hindustan Lever. I still do that even today. But nobody in my team used to do it. But that doesn't mean I stopped doing it. So communicate effectively on paper. Be the best prepared person in the room. And as long as you are impacting your basic job, people will want to reach out to you and listen to you. You cannot be a passenger in today's world. No, I've, I've always uh, seen you carrying your diary, pen and sort of taking notes. That's very, very good. I think it also goes back to my childhood where my parents used to say, if you write things, you will remember it, no, no matter how many times or so. Thank you. Before we uh, close, just one question because everybody is talking about AI, ML and these emerging technologies. What advice do you have for the employers, the employees, the fresh graduates, how, do, how they should embrace this new technology, AI. Okay, I'm just reading Elon Musk's book uh, and you know, how he started with DeepMind, Google bought DeepMind, then he started OpenAI, and then he got out of OpenAI, and how he's trying to make use of AI and ML to make his car an absolutely safe car to drive without touching anything, okay? I'm just reading that. My simple thing is, these technologies will evolve, and they will evolve dramatically, okay? And you need to be prepared for that in a future world. All I would say is embrace the technology. A doctor who, who uses AI and ML will always do better than a doctor who does not. A student who uses AI and ML will always do better than a student who does not. A manager who uses AI and ML will always do better than this thing. A country which uses AI and ML will do better than a country which does not. And I'll end on that note. India indexes on financial, digital awareness and literacy and usage at 87 in the world. The world average is 67.
Today, the average Indian household is far more digitally savvy than the average Indian company. That should tell you something as to we have taken to technology as a nation and as families much more than anywhere else in the world. So similarly, each individual must do the same. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much Pleasure. for coming here. Just want to, because you talked about books and I just want you to give maybe top three books that everybody should read right in this camera. There are lots of books uh, which everybody, but if I look at things which will make you think differently, at least which made me think differently. I think uh, Jack Wells book in terms of control your destiny or someone else will was a good book in terms of nailing it in terms of saying you are responsible for your own career and actions. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell Outliers is another great book. And I would, uh, I'm just reading Elon Musk. Uh, it's a fascinating biography by Walter Isaacson. So any of Walter Isaacson's books are fantastic because they go in depth. In this book, he, he shadowed Musk for two years before he wrote that book. So it's just not an off-the-cuff book. It's like very detailed and very good. Okay, it gives you a peep into how some of these people are reshaping technology thing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, being here and accepting our invite to our first podcast. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. a pleasure. Hi. If you like this, so subscribe, like, share and be unstoppable.